0: He's right in front of me, and I can honestly tell him that I'm going to knock him Spark out. Leaping right hand by the Prince. Whoa.
1: Hello and welcome along to Off The Brawl on Off The Ball. I'm Ronan Mullen, joined as ever by Andy Lee and Phil Egan and this week by a very special guest, friend of the show, Jason Quigley, has
0: made the trip. How are you, Jason? All good, lads. Thanks for having me once again. How's life? Very good. Can't complain. Just up here now in Dublin for the next few days, get a few answers for the next stage of my career and see what's happening next, you know.
1: So you're representing
0: Donegal, did you watch the game at the weekend? yeah. Donegal, Boston that is, oh, that's yeah. my friends over in Boston that got me that one, so yeah. No, I was watching the game at the weekend, very good game week, like, you know what I mean. Is that mean? the number Dermac Connolly was going to wear, number 10? I actually um, challenged Darren Connolly, and uh, I can wear with a t-shirt and we'll leave it at that.
1: Oh yeah? So it's all for the dub did, did you enjoy the game at the weekend?
2: Were you there? I was, I was on reporting to so tough. Honestly. to do my updates. When, when they came to me at Crow Park, uh, Kerry were a point ahead. Dean Rock kicked over the equaliser. But, uh, yeah, no, it, was, it was tense. thought Dublin were going to do it. 76 minutes on the clock. Dublin had the ball. I thought, right, they're just going to work it around, get it to someone in the right position and get the score. And I'm convinced Sean O'Shea knew what he was doing. Like foul... Paddy Small out in the wing there's no way Dean Rock is kicking it from there like if it was 10 yards in you'd fancy him but he was off the pitch he was out on the, the artificial surface where, where, that's where he started his run up so didn't fancy him actually I would have given the ball to Connolly and said have a go out of your hands outside of the boot so can you can do what's it what's your prediction for the ne- next couple of weeks because we're going to add this to your prediction of fight predictions <laughs> as well so <laughs> this will go on your tally um, I think Dublin will okay will do it because because uh, hopefully they can actually Has there ever
3: been a draw draw? Yeah. It, goes, it goes
1: to extra time in the replay, do, yeah, yeah, but no, then it
2: could still go to Yeah but no they actually revealed no penalties because okay. that's the way it is it's been in the qualifiers that if it went to extra time there'd be penalties because imagine penalties in an all-Ireland <laughs> final imagine, <laughs> imagine penalties into the hill <laughs> imagine Sean O'Shea Penenka's down the, the middle Some pressure <laughs> in there Unbelievable yeah. but no it can't go to penalties so um, you could get a draw it'll be tight though but I just think, provided Dublin can keep 15 men on the pitch this time.
0: Kerry definitely missed their chance. Like, you know, that was their chance for it. You know what I mean? They missed a the penalty, They Dublin down a man. And, yeah. you know what I mean? It'll be hard to pull it back after that.
1: Just, be, just before we move on to the boxing, uh, OTBM producer Tommy Rooney out there keenly interested in your uh, Dermot Connolly reference there. Can you reveal any more of what, what went on there?
0: I met him one time as well up at sea uh, sessions in Bundoran and they um, have Dermot, lovely, lovely fella, good crack and everything like that and we got a photo of the two fists up to each other but no, I made a comment on the teachers shirt <laughs> and a <bit> crack, <laughs> <laughs> go on Dermot, challenging
1: me or anything like that there. So I was in London on Saturday for, for the boxing and managed to catch the game on Sunday, good Irish representation out in London to watch the final, but uh, equally good representation in the O2, and it wasn't your typical fight crowd that I would have seen in England, it was very much a boxing crowd, more than an event crowd, and like you could see in the lulls during the Lamachenko campbell fight that there wasn't like booing, or people weren't getting antsy, it was like they were there to appreciate a high level boxing match almost, and it was great to see, and a lot of Ukrainians there as well, so yeah. made for a great atmosphere, and... and your view, like. I thought it delivered. It was good. It was, um, the O2 is a brilliant arena for boxing. Yeah. It really is. Like it's got that sort of bowl atmosphere, mm. as opposed to like other arenas where the stands extend outwards. You're really kind of like in a hotbed, and it was a really good fight. Like, I re- yeah. really enjoyed it.
2: What do you think, lads? Yeah, no, I thought it was it was excellent. Um, so I think we said it last week that even if Lomachenko wasn't fighting a Brit in London, he'd still sell out the O2 in London.
1: Yeah, and you saw what Ustic's reaction, I don't know if you saw when he went up on the big screen, he yeah. got a huge cheer, probably the cheer of the night, and that just shows to your point that if he came to the UK, he'd probably, he'd probably sell out. Uh, Jason, what do you think of uh, Lamachenko's performance, first of all? I think this
0: is the thing, like, when you watch the fight and you already know the two fighters, you're like, jeez, it was a good fight. Do you know that Like Luke Campbell took him the distance and everything like that? And you have to give credit to Luke Campbell for doing what he done, but if somebody went in there and didn't know either fighter, they would just be like, Lomachenko breezed that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I think it's because of how well Lomachenko has won his fights in previous ones that um, everybody has really give Campbell such a, such a high praise. And he does deserve it, of course. You know, he tried to control the pace and tried to control the distance, which... Did obviously make it difficult for Lomachenko at times, but before the fight, I said in a, in another interview that you'll never see Lomachenko getting a first round or a second round knockout. Like he just sizes you up, goes through the motions, picks you apart, and then goes to work on you. You know, but it was another quality performance from Lomachenko, and we have to remember as well that Lomachenko came from featherweight up to lightweight. And fought Luke Campbell, who's a naturally very big lightweight, and you know won every round.
2: Mm.
1: It's interesting that point. Like someone described it, he downloads the information in the first round. So he he landed one punch in the first round. He just stared him, and even you could see Luke Campbell; the gears were spinning. He was like really having to concentrate just to stay in there. So. Um, Andy, top line thoughts. What did you think of?
3: The no, just like that first round. He, he threw a jab, or you know, maybe he fainted a jab. But like the, the amount of pressure he put Luke Campbell on, the front, like he, Luke Campbell was like, okay, this is what I'm in for, you know. Mentally, that was. That's exhausting. what I'm saying, and that's the pressure. That's the problem with him. His footwork is so good that he can dart around the ring and 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 basically doesn't give you a second at any stage. Do you know, with most fighters, you can throw a few shots, walk off, and get your little break and walk around. There's no breaks with him. And that's that's what like I, I think Luke Campbell deserves huge huge credit because I thought he did really really well he fought really well and he hurt he did hurt Lomachenko that bo- body shot and then he switched to the head and and I thought he had hurt like Lomachenko noticeably moved away like and didn't engage after three or four body shots said, throughout the fight yeah. yeah throughout the fight and like I thought the I thought the commentary was a little bit hard on him watching it on TV because on Lomachenko. No, on Campbell, because he'd already, he's he shown that he could hurt Lomachenko. But even though he, there was rounds where he was competing, doing well, and doing like, there were sections of the fights where he was doing really well, they were saying, well, this is, like Molder's saying, this is all for nothing because he's going to lose anyway, he's in again. And that was probably the truth, but we all know one punch can change a fight. You know, so, and he's shown that he could hurt Lomachenko. So why not, give him the benefit of the doubt, that he might turn this around later on because he was the bigger man, they were both feeling the pace, like he was feeling those body shots, and Campbell. I thought Campbell did it, forty four thought like really, really well. I don't think Lomachenko lived up to the hype, but I, I think that's because he wasn't allowed, wasn't able to, given with who he given like who he was in against, much bigger man. And what Jason said is, is a huge point that he's come up from featherweight to lightweight, um, and he's in there with guys who are much, much bigger than him, you know now, and. I think I step down and wait, it probably be, you know, there, there was a lot of talk of him going up, going through the weights and even challenging Pacquiao. And, like when he first came on the yeah, scene, yeah, but yeah. I think now the reality is hitting home and he, he's probably getting a little bit older. He's taking, you know, he's kind of picking and choosing, but I think once he, if he does fight the winner of, of Comey and, and Lopez, then he'll be got, moving back down once he, he, he unifies the division.
0: But see, in that fight, um, did you see that, what I saw of it was that, Lomachenko did pick when he wanted to go to work. Yeah. And he did. like There was probably three, max four times in that fight where if Lomachenko had kept the pressure up, if the ref even had stepped in and stopped the fight, I don't think anybody would have had any real complaints. But it just, to me, just looked like when he wanted to turn it on, he turned it on and nearly took Lomachenko. And it was always the second half of the
3: round. you watch it, the second half of the round, that's why... Towards the like there was some rounds where Campbell was just hanging on, but it was just a little bit too too late, you know. Yeah, but yeah. The First half of the round, he was just bobbing and moving and faint, and then making him miss and putting the pressure on. Campbell's exp- expending energy all the time, and he's just mm-hmm. kind of in his comfort zone. And then he then he laid on laid on heavy, like going down the stretch in the round. But like he he wasted like I don't think he people like some people were saying. I saw some commentary saying that his stock has dropped. Because of this win, like, if anything, he's enhanced it. Like, you know, he's he cemented himself as the pound-for-pound pound king to me.
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I was actually a bit infuriated by that sort of narrative that by somehow against a guy who was batting 1,000, like Luke Campbell's never been more tuned in for a fight in his life. And coming from unbelievable Olympic stock fought really well, and even then, as Jason said, he breathed it. like he, People, you said, Andre Ward had a three apiece after six rounds. Yeah. I was dumbfounded. Like You could probably give Campbell the first round, given what we were speaking about, that Lomachenko didn't land anything. But after that, while all the rounds were quite competitively fought, like Lomachenko was still getting the better work off. And it was his body work, really, that turned the thing around, because um, you normally see the left hook to the body. It's a very well-worn punch. But he, stro- he throws like a left straight to the body, and... I don't know. The fifth round, I couldn't believe Campbell escaped the round, and I couldn't believe further that in the sixth round he actually rallied really well and hurt L- Lomachenko in that round. So it was
3: a great fight, wasn't it? It was a really like a high quality fight, like and every round was
0: competed like like competed at a high level. And I think as a boxer looking at it or someone that knows a lot about boxing, when you you can see what's happening. You can see the game plans, you can see when the pressure's been put on it. It was an exciting fight for a boxing brain to watch because you could see exactly what's happening. At the end of the day, it wasn't hard to see that Campbell was the bigger, longer fighter. He needed to keep it away, he needed to keep Lomachenko out, but Lomachenko was just constantly putting the pressure on. Like you said, you could see in the third, fourth round, Campbell's face, his expressions, you know, you've seen he was under pressure, you could see the little bit of frustration and a little bit of panic in his face. Yeah, he would, wouldn't or, be a good poker player. <laughs> no, no I game face. <laughs> I thought
3: he did pretty well, like, considering the pressure he was under, you know, I think the muscles would break. But, like, yeah, just just a phenomenal athlete, first and foremost, and then the technical boxer, a lot, like, they kind of go, he kind of has, you know what I mean, he kind of has like Messi's feet and Pacquiao's hands, he just like he has the athleticism, but also the technique and, and skill. Just to, to me, that you know, so he's that's what like, makes him so great. And and also the boxing brain and inventiveness, like and like always kind of he always goes back to the basics. You can see that goes back, but then he'll he'll get inventive and do
2: something that you won't expect. Yeah. I presume as well. Like after that, what you were saying about that's the highest he's going to go up in terms of. Who knows what? Well? But like that's why sure, I, that I, I assume that, like the the size difference, like fighting Campbell, that maybe that's that's his limit. Like just and go back down. There is some big fights out there for mm. him. everyone's wanting to see Jamante Davis fight now, don't they? Yeah. That's
0: you know, everyone wants to see that. He has moved up in weight now, hasn't he? He's he's moved Davis. up. Davis.
1: He's moved up to lightweight. So, yeah, mm. and hopefully Lamacheng is going to move down, like. I was actually relieved to hear Bob Arum talking in those times because, as you said, 12, 18 months ago, he was kind of talking about Pacquiao and that kind of thing. But I think they've come to realise the final check weigh-in, Lomachenko w- weighed in 137 pounds. That was two weeks out from the fight. Like yeah. I can't imagine what you two would have been weighing in, like, at least, at least well, 10, pounds 10 pounds over, months. at least, yeah. So like it just shows he you, you could easily make feather. I heard Carl Frampton making the point that feather weight would have been makeable for him for this fight. Like It just shows where he's at. We'll probably get back to Lomachenko, but just on Campbell, he's in a difficult position here because obviously Lomachenko's the king at lightweight, there's no world titles forthcoming quite yet, and 130, or 140, Josh Taylor, his stablemate, is up there, so
3: I don't know if there's going to be some sort of gentleman's agreement. He's got to buy his time at lightweight, doesn't he? Yeah. You know, he's a really good lightweight, like, and he's probably, like if he was going against Comey or... Timofino Lopez. He would have beaten any other lightweight that on Saturday night. He would have. That's what played. you'd have to
0: like, you'd have to believe that like. Yeah. So he's gonna have to bite his time. Mm. And just wait it out. After after his fight, like I've been kinda watching little bits that he's been doing and he seems like you know, he's he's took a lot of confidence away from that fight mm. and he's like he's he stated on social media that he will be a world champion. And that's not a thing that most fighters will come away and say as soon as they're beat in a fight, unless it's a very controversial decision. But, you know, you can see that he's took so much confidence away from that fight. And in was probably one of the best pound-for-pound fighters out there at the minute. And everybody's praising him for not getting stopped inside the distance, you know. So the confidence is going to be very high with him. But... The key point is, at lightweight, Lomachenko's all the belt, So it's going to be, he's kind of going to probably depend on Lomachenko's next move to see where he's going to get his route to the title. you know. So it'll definitely be very interesting to see where he goes from here.
1: Mm. And in terms of his tactics, like Shane McGuigan after the fight, we're just asking him, like, what were the tactics? And he just went, just let out a breath. He was like, like, How do you plan for this guy? You know, it was kind of like a little bit like what Pedraza did. He just kind of kept putting fists fist in front of Lamachenko's face, sort of mm. keep him thinking.
3: But at a certain point, unless you can hurt him on a consistent basis, it's hard to see anyone beating him, isn't it? Yeah, I think they were relying on the conditioning more so than a game plan. You know, they kind of believed in the conditioning that, like, and it showed in the fight that he was in, like, his fitness and he's kind of. resilience to go through all that you know to to withstand the pressure of the mental pressure as well as the physical pressure and keep that concentration three for three minutes of a round and then also give it a little bit back you know and I think that's what kind of kept him coming back it was his conditioning and like what's Luke Campbell gonna do any different he he came out from the start he tried to put pressure on on Kolomachenko he like and he did at times he was the one moving forward when Lomachenko was trying to take breaks um, and that's all, all you can see, and he was, fra- like, his body shots were really effective, Campbell, Like, and that's something that people might see a little weakness in Lomachenko going forward, as you can get to him in the body. Mm. And um, a big narrative
1: before, and you were speaking to Joe about it last week, that a lot of people have quit against Lomachenko, and like for round eleven for all it was worth, we've seen that we've seen that round before where like he just landing consistently and the, the guy takes a knee and just doesn't bother getting up again. Yeah. I you have to think of Lou Campbell as fighting anywhere, but at home he could have been forgiven for just taking that extra couple of seconds. But he, he got up and finished the round again, was punching at the end of that round and
2: like Could have been stopped on the twelfth, but yeah. he did well to kind of grab Lomachenko hip toss at the yeah, end. Yeah, and he just and I'm not falling like he so he, uh, as Jason said, if the, if the ref had stepped in in the later rounds, there wouldn't have been too many complaints. But, um, yeah, he can t- take great heart from that. that he didn't, he got up and he competed again. But, yeah, he he has to wait for Lomachenko just to leave the lightweight division. Mm. Maybe he had a word with him after. He's
1: deceptively youthful looking like he is. He is 31 and yeah. they are the, the same, same age. age. Yeah. It's, not as if, it's not as if he's a young up-and-comer. So... Hopefully it happens sooner rather than later for him. So on the undercard, Huey Fury against Povetkin, your Huey Fury super fan
2: Yeah, like he's that's his third chance now and he just like what, where are we at now with Huey Fury? Is he just not good enough? Is he just like that's Povetkin, Parker, Pulev and they're hardly at the top of the heavyweight division. They're all accomplished fighters, they've all held belts, but
3: you know the argument is that he's just—he's twenty-four. Yeah. You know that's the, the simple thing.
2: I just worry: are this, we going to be here in four years saying he's twenty-eight? Yeah. Has he? Has he is learned yet?
3: Is he a natural heavyweight?
2: He—he has at the height, you know, yeah.
3: he, but he doesn't have that physical, and that's from being twenty-four. And heavyweights always mature later. Yeah, you know yeah, they're yeah. probably the best in their thirties. So he's got a—he's got plenty of time, but it's hard to plot now. He has to go kind of and go back to the bar. Bo- Back to like the drone board and go back to like domestic level, British title level. Start building there. and hopefully I'm I'm mature physically and p- kind of bulk up a little bit more. But I thought like there were t- moments in the fight with Pavekin where he was he was really doing well. Like and he he certainly won rounds and he had he hurt a couple of times. I'm not sure if he was aware of it, but I could, you could see that Pavekin was shook and had a little wobble in his legs. Um, I think he, I think he's got a lot of talent and a lot of natural ability, but he has, has to be, has to kind of be honed a little bit more. It kind of has to put more structure to what he does, because even, even when he punches, it, it looks uncoordinated, doesn't it? Because he will always throw his jab and draw his right hand always, and then when he goes to throw his one-two, he's still drawing the right hand, so the right hand comes from, you know, a good second behind. His jab, and there's um, no real, yeah, there's no, there's no impact, no, was it, or connection with, with the coordinates. So he, his opponents were always able to get out of the way of it. So he, like, but in terms of his, he's, he's he kind of has good ability and like to get out of the way. points like that, I don't know. I don't know. I think he, I think he still has a future. Yeah, it's um, just, just it's it's, it's a critical
2: time now. You can't no, really make a, a mistake if, if you're Huey Fury, though. And you, so he's now signed with Matchroom. And Eddie Hearn saying, Look, you know, you had your crack there against Me and we're gonna come down a level. Like is that how does he see that then if you say I think, why I think, don't you fight someone like David Price or Derek Shazor? Yeah, I think that are those are good fights for him. I
3: think, yeah, even I think even those fights might I think go with Dave Allen. You know, go with go with someone like hit that before the end of the year. Get your confidence back and it's still a tough fight in some level. You know, it's 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 probably a little bit more above the British level. And just and have a couple of fights like that, and then see if you can like if you can change just not change your style, but just it just has to be more aggressive, doesn't he? A little bit more, more take the initiative a little bit more. Um, what did you think of Pavekin? I felt he's definitely taken. I thought if I think if Huey if Huey could have just just yeah just took took the initiative a little bit more and been more more like proactive, he might might have beat him. And he definitely hurt him a couple of times. I think, I in, what was he, 37, 36? 39, I think. There, 39. Yes. Oh.
0: The, 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 key, the key thing with Fury is, I think, now that he's at that stage where he's kind of been on the fringe of it, that he needs to be careful now, and he needs, I think, good people around him to, to let him understand the process that, right, you've been up here, you've fallen short, but you're still good enough. We just need to build you back into that. Because he is so young and heavyweight boxing, he's kind of took too many steps ahead before his actual time and before his actual time of peaking. And I think that he needs to understand now and he needs to not get downhearted or he needs to get that confidence built back up now of having them few losses and getting so close and failing... To be able now to go back down. The thing is with him though, but
3: he's like he's still a big name and he's signed with so he's going to be fighting like the 0 two. He's not going to be going back to fighting in like a small hall or like you know a gymnasium, you know, with no TV. He's going to be on a big card. It's going to be a big event, and he's still a big name. And people will be interested to see how he builds now, and it, it could be a great comeback. You know, it could be a great comeback. And credit to him for taking that fight. As we said last week, there was no... It was not incumbent well, on him at all. He's been in with t- three of the top heavyweights in the world, you know, at 24 years old. And, like, gone the distance with them all. Arguably beat Parker, you know. I'm not sure, but a lot of people thought he won. Just to go back to the Fury fight. Huey Fury gets out of the ring. He's still in the ring. And they're announcing Chisora and Parker. Like, I thought that was in bad taste. I thought that was really, really... I thought that was, I thought it was... thought well, they mean? could have cut away, like... In, how long was that in between? He was still in the they ring. Go, yeah, he was still in the ring. Eddie Hearn was just talking about saying he can come back, he can come back. But look, come here, we've got this oh, other yeah. guy, come on, look at this. It did feel he like... like we've got two guys here, they're going to fight each other. David, hey, tell me, like... And I felt like, come on, the guy just lost his fight there, you know what I mean? Like, that's, he's your fighter as well, like, he's a heavyweight, like, and... I just felt like, oh, I thought that was, I thought they could have cut away or came back before one of the other fights and announced it in the ring. Well, I thought like... It did feel like they were running late. In, no, just to do it there and then, like him still being in the ring,
0: um, I just don't know. It just didn't sit right with me. I don't know. But I, like, matchroom have that many lads now in the one division and... It's incredible. Do you know what I mean? That are all champions, that they are all fighting each other. I think the boxers have to understand and have to realise that we're not all friends here, like, you know what I mean? But, like, it's definitely salt in the wounds as soon as you're beat, like, hadn't taken in the next crop of heavyweights to say, look at this. Yeah. You know, it's crazy.
1: Just a word on that card, seeing as you brought it up, like, that's a, that's a really good fight, and obviously the main event is going to be an unbelievable fight, Regis broke yeah. against Josh
3: Taylor, so... We have been lucky this year, like, and with this W... Was it SSB? World Boxing Super Series. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're lucky now, aren't we? Like, we're getting to see these big
0: fights, like, you know. Yeah. These guys, it's like... And was it Lee Selby and Ricky Burns on the card as well? So that's yeah. a bit of a throwback. And Akoli and uh, and Gabu, that's the lad. He lives with me over in Sheffield. Oh, right. He's the European cruiserweight champion. So he's got his big shot. That's Like, I know Eves, obviously. He's my roommate. He's, he's a good friend and everything like that. Um... He's from the Congo. He's solid. He's tough. He's hard. He'll hundred percent give a the hardest night of his life, and I think he can pull off upset. I see he was on the treadmill this morning with Willie Hutch. He was I <laughs> mean, <laughs> there. You go again. He's running with a super middleweight and have a big, stocky cruiserweight, and, and he, he's fit as a fiddle. Like, do you know what I mean? He does all the runs us lighter boxers are doing so he's uh, no he's flat out and you know I really hope he can pull it off
1: yeah and Nicoli is
0: still a work in progress so if someone gets in there with a good game plan they, they can, might he's take advantage he's at that stage like you know what I mean he, he is vulnerable and you know somebody comes in there and does a job on him they can definitely pull it off like because he is for the taking
1: mm. and uh, just elsewhere on that card so Charlie Edwards one of the most bizarre instances I think I've seen. Yeah. like So, just to talk through the timeline, um, Martinez was well on top. Like It looked like it was only going one way, but we've seen that fight before. Like um, What came to mind was uh,
3: Anthony Crawler. I thought Charlie done well in the first round, but then like, your man was just coming into it, wasn't he?
0: And he was awkward, Martinez. He's like throwing shots from everywhere wasn't it? and there just was repeated left no, hand no, no style. style but no there style. was no, like just there was venom in those shots like you yeah, know what I mean he, he had like he was gritting the teeth when he was letting them go like um, but then like you see you see you see exactly what happened Charlie Edwards what about Boazzi that was a mm. clear low blow mm. so, what, Kraler, so what what
3: were you
1: saying with Crollet Barroso do you remember that fight so the, he was like the big man of the division a big punch in Venezuela and came over and dominated the first six rounds and Crawley just had the earmuffs on, like taking everything on the shoulders and uh, on the body. And it was like, Broso was well on top, but he tired him out. And mm. you could see that was what Edward's game plan was, like, boxing the back foot and hope to take over. Like he had said, I was hoping for a late stoppage. So that was the game plan. He did take a knee, like it was a bit of an onslaught. And what happened next was just crazy. Like, like I suppose it's hard to, like, if you're in motion, that you can see that sometimes where someone has just dropped a knee and you've
0: already thrown the punch but this was, there was it a solid, was, there was the, And that's what I mean. Whenever he was hitting Edwards, you could see the grit in his teeth, and I think he just had that chip on his shoulder that he came over here, he says, I'm not letting nobody take anything away from me, and I've got them a little bit, and take took the title away from But him it, was Edward, just a, eh? it was like, first of all, obviously, the
3: referee allows the punch. Um,
1: well, he's clearly on the ground. What was the
3: referee looking at? So the referee counts him out, Right. Stops him, and and then they announce him as the winner, Martinez. Yeah. Yeah. Then, oh, so he's celebrating, running around the ring, yeah. celebrating. Didn't and get the belt. Then, didn't get the belt though. Yeah, they're they're then they like no, then they interview Charlie Edwards. Interview oh. Charlie Edwards, and he, he says, "Well, you know, this, I'm not going to make excuses. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> like they they actually interviewed him, and then." They're still in the ring. Then they, they interviewed, interviewed Martinez. They interviewed, then, then they interviewed obviously Eddie Hearn. And then they interviewed Jose Sullivan But like, and he reversed it. And there was a huge, like, huge part of it to me was that Jose Sullivan was playing to the crowd. That he was like trying to appease, like you know, because yeah. I don't know they do have replays in the in the WBC, but not in Britain. So if, I don't know how it they can so... make it stand because they effectively overruled the British Board of Control, who were uh, governing the fight.
1: Yeah. Well, th- this is it. So, so I just sure. The WBC like. have the right to rule really the no contest after the fact. So he was basically saying... Richard Silliman looked at the replay and said, I'm going to call this a no contest in two weeks' time, so what's the difference between calling it a no contest now? Let's just clear it all up. What's the point in having these logistics? Mm. And that's what happened. I think he deserves a bit of credit for that, actually. like It would have been easy... A Mexican champion it was justice, Mexican yeah. champion just been crowned and he just a fellow Mexican just ripped the belt off my thought What was it like being there though did you Rental.
2: did you know what was going on I a- saw it clearly well, I don't know how you could possibly well, miss
1: right. it and then um like it's just the was, crowd. There like, was the crowd like... Martinez got up on the turnbuckle yeah. and was, put his fist in the air and everyone was applauding him like credit to him. And then they it, looked yeah. up at the replay and it turned into like venomous
3: booze. I was like, how did you not see it the first time? But also I liked the the, 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 the the drama of it on the TV when you're watching it. It was amazing. And then Charlie was in the corner he was like...
0: He doesn't know what's going
3: on. And then he's out celebrating. Then he gives the one, another speech. Yeah, it was, was crazy. And then, and then they cut to him wheeling out his mum out in the wheelchair. Yeah. Like, like, he you just, this was like it was like the most bizarre thing. Like he actually, <laughs> you know, he actually leaves the, to the ring and then he wheels out his mum out with a real Like come on. It, was just it all like, happened
1: in the space of like six minutes. It, oh. it felt like it was an hour's worth of stuff that happened. Six minutes. It was like Vince McMahon's style film. It was. It was the crazy. <laughs>
3: that's what it was like. You know, like it was mad. That's like that's not the only reason I'm referring to the weird. Like when he was like like TV stuff. You know what I mean? Like was like, but like uh, he does. He like it was justice in the end, wasn't it? Really, yeah, yeah. if you look at it like that. Although, it was like, like oh, you love an underdog. You love to see like you know a guy coming over here and and he who's really hungry and and beating a beating a champion when he's underdog. But like Charlie was one of the best. Like nicest young guys you'll meet, one of the hardest workers, and one of the most honest pros you'll meet. So he probably deserves that. You know, he well, he, probably, you- he would definitely got up and continued had he not been had he not been hit on the floor. He did look like he. It looked like he was struggling to make the weight, though, I think. Yeah, that's that's that was the rumour. Like, that's the, what they were saying around For all the said. talk of a
1: rematch, I think the likelihood is he's going to probably move up mm. and have a crack at Cal Jafai. That's probably... No one would make any complaints
3: about that. Well, that's been ruined for a, yeah. long, a long time, that that fight. That'd, That'd be a massive British fight, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, Phil, uh, Joshua Boatze, we talked about Anthony Yard last
1: week, and Boatze, back in action, the glare was on him. How do you think he got on?
2: Yeah, like uh, we've talked about him so much that he is one to watch for the future obviously the weight division we were obviously talking about Kovalev last week and the kind of Eastern European vibe to the the light heavyweight division that you know he's going to have He's going to have his work cut out to get his hands on a belt just yet, but he's definitely, he's so, he's clean.
3: And I think he could, like, I, I yeah, I'm sorry, sorry to speak over you. I know you think he'd yeah, take so. Kovalev out. No, yeah, but that's all. That's all. I don't, yeah. I don't see him breaking into that, that, like, in those top level against those Russian At any stage? Canians. I don't think he has the, I don't, it doesn't look very physically strong to me. Like, it's, it could be different when you get in there with him, but, like, I'm not fully convinced yet. I don't know if he actually, he's a he's obviously a very well balanced fighter he can punch and he can box um, we haven't had to see him move on the back foot much yet but I haven't I don't know if, I, if I'm If he hasn't shown me yet, like a lot to be too much to be overexcited about but he isn't
0: like a fighter that you'll look at and be like wow jeez yeah he's a basic fighter but he's very good at what he does do you know what I mean he does would you spar sparred him no I've never, never never got to spar him but a few lads that I've know have been in with them, like, and they says that he's that he is a good fighter. He can dig a bit, but there's nothing really special with them. But that's the thing about the pro game. Like, this is the amateurs that I've known to inspire him. Like, the pro game is about grinding your opponent down. It's about in those later rounds taking heavy hard shots. Can you keep going? Can you withstand it? And can you give the same amount back to them? And I think that's what. Boazzi's at now at the minute. You know what I mean? He's he's walking as a bonus down. He's hitting them with hurtful shots, and he's taking them out. Of he's it. fighting nobody though. Yeah.
3: Like for him to be walking,
0: that guy fought Yard before. But Yard like
3: there was a there was
0: a
1: point I can't remember what word Eddie Hearn used, but he called it like a despicable match when Yard fought him, and then a couple of fights later it's uh, it's uh, doing the same thing. So you mentioned the stoppage there, Jason. Like it was a weird one because you can't. On one hand, British fans will say oh, well, Charlie Edwards, uh, it was early in the fight, he could have came back, but when it happens the other way
0: around, they're like, oh, well, Ford was on his way out yeah, anyway. Well, obviously, it's because the WBC weren't involved in Boatty's fight, do you know what I mean? If the WBC weren't involved in Charlie's fight, either, it would have been hmm. decision yeah. over, it would have been stopped. But whenever you look at it, like, and people are talking about the VAR in boxing. <laughs> like, it's, Varley Edwards, I uh, saw Declan. Yeah. You know, these things... It's questionable now whenever you see... But it's going to be hard like, to do... I don't know what extent you could bring it into. Obviously, the extent of a Charlie Edwards fight where the fight's ruled a knockout or something like that, but you couldn't really bring it in for foul shots and no. stuff. Do you know what I mean? That's just... That. That'd be craziness. But, you know, Justice was served in Charlie Edwards' fight, but then I think Ford will feel that he was hard done by if it was as sore as he says it was as well.
1: Martinez is actually a little bit lucky in retrospect because there should have been a disqualification. It was really no contest, so he lives to fight another day. And he will get a shot at that title, whether it's against Charlie Edwards, whether he moves up or not remains to be seen. Joe Cordino was quite impressive. That was a good fight against, uh, against Gavin Gwynn, a fellow Welshman. There was a bit of history there. And a good fight, good competitive fight.
3: Yeah, perfect. Perfect kind of test at this stage in his career. Yeah. Like, it was competitive. The man offered enough offer in terms of the tack end, but was
0: like just better quality throughout, wasn't he? Very skillful, very skillful. And you know, a man was a good pressure fighter, came forward. He actually did catch Cordina with a lot of shots, do you know what I mean? And I think if he had been a bigger puncher, it could have maybe swayed the fight a little bit more. But Cordina's Cardina, you know, composure and everything. What about tried the, the fight big result? Oh, the we're big result. It, we're getting it. We're building
3: up for Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Just a word for Savannah Marshall, who's been linked with the. Uh World titles in the near future, so she she looked impressive as well. But yeah, as you said, the performance of the night, the knockout of the night, certainly James Tennyson. We were you there for few, yeah. against the t- it? Against it, I was five o'clock, it was early, early. It was
3: on the Facebook Live, I don't
1: yeah, have yeah,
2: Facebook, so I'd You saw see
1: the see it. knockout though, yeah. So Yeah, yeah. Atif Shafiq and a lot of people, yourself included, called it a tough
0: fight. To yeah,
3: I thought it was going to be a tough fight. Do You would know him, would
0: you? Yeah, I'm good friends with Atif as well. Um, you know, before he left angles we was great friends with Atif, still am, but um, you know. Atif has a lovely style. Who did you fancy going before? I was torn because I was... My friend's here, and there's an Irish fighter here, Mm. and it was hard then to kind of just look at it tactic-wise. And I knew Atif would have skills to beat Tennyson, you know what I mean? Um, And I'm not too sure... Who did Atif box? I think it might not his last fight before that. He was the underdog. He was one of Dave Codwell's fighters. And um, very similar fighter to James Tennyson. And uh, Atif weathered the storm early on. You know, nice head moving, slipping, rolling, everything like that. And came on in and ended up stopping him with some lovely body shots. Atif does have a lovely style, lovely skill set, everything like that there. But, you know, James has a lot of experience and... He has that punch power, and he can you know punch. it was a devastating knock. I, like, really, really was. I think the way that he failed too, you know, on his back feet, made it look Jesus devastatingly. Like. And he looks replenished
1: up uh, at that weight, doesn't he? He looks uh, Tennyson I'm talking about like, he, like he always could punch,
3: but he just looks like it's been redoubled. Almost. Where does he go now? Like, what's who's out there around that weight that he could fight?
1: I don't know. He's he's not in any particular rush. Like, he got to world level against Farmer and. Probably a little bit prematurely. I think he just needs to take his time, work on the fundamentals, because that power will always be there and it'll take him to the top. But I'd say when next time he gets, he's always
3: going to be that style of fighter, though, isn't he? Come forward, walk you down, and, and and let his hands go, like. It's a lot, it's a lot, lot to be tough for that too, isn't it, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But ne- next time he gets the
1: world title shot, I'm sure he wants plan A, plan B, plan C, because the plan against Kevin Farmer was to go in and take his head off, and that yeah. was never... Well, really he's good.
3: unfortunately came up against a guy who's probably the worst type of style for
0: him. For him, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah.
1: Jason, we have, to, we have to talk about yourself, and you and Andy did a brilliant interview a bit a month ago now and you were very open and honest and got a great reaction here but can you tell us any more about how things have come on in the last month or is it still sort of in the in the process?
0: Still very much in the process um, you know obviously I was very honest the last time and I'll be very honest again like I'm still in the exact same position I was a month ago because I just took that time out. I wanted to I wanted to let things just settle, let things sit and see did any any important things kinda come to the surface for me without actually trying to go into details, thinking about things. And I just went to my holidays last week there. I was away for a week, just chilled out, relaxed and, you know, I said to myself, Going away, my holidays is just gonna go away now. And as soon as I come back, I'm gonna start putting a few things in place and seeing what the next moves are and everything like that there. So it's just a matter of me getting what I want to do next together because Golden Boy and my management team have been, you know, they've been on the phone numerous of times just saying, Look, whenever you're ready, whenever you have a decision, whatever you, you've planned out for yourself, just let us know and we'll get the ball rolling as soon as possible again. But you know, right now I'm at I'm at a stage where um talking, um, looking at things and putting things through my head, seeing what's um what's there for me and, and what excites me again and what gets me back to where I want to be, become a world champion. So it's part now and to be honest, I'm up here as well with Andy to, to pick his brain as well and to, you know, as you've said like you've been in a very similar position yourself mm. to the position that I'm in right now. And look, don't get me wrong, as you says as well, everything was through your head, you know, and Sometimes it can scare me because boxing's all I've ever done and it's what I love to do. And there's things thinking, is this even worth it anymore? Do you know what I mean? And these are the, the negative thoughts that run through your head, but it's the sport that you love, it's the sport that you've done all your life and it's what, what gets you up in the morning, it's what excites you. But um, for me now, it's about getting that structure in place, getting those things in place and, as this is things have been up and down for me because there have been times thinking is this worth it anymore what am i going to do next and there's times thinking you oh, can't wait to get back in that uh, so it's been like a a topsy-turvy kind of uh thing of emotions so that's why i didn't really want to panic because one minute i was way up the next minute i was way down and i was trying to think what's next so didn't really want to panic, I just wanted to let things set, let things kind of balance itself out for a while and then once you know the emotions start coming to a steady kind of a balance that I can start getting things into place then and you know that's what I'm hoping to do now over the next two, three weeks.
1: Mm. And in terms of the the fight itself, like speaking about Luke Campbell earlier in the show and when he lost Steve Van Mendy, he just didn't, didn't watch the fight, didn't think about it, went his own way and eventually Pats led them back into the same ring and they fought again. But is is Tyrianna Johnson in your mind or is Evie Park that or is he someone you're thinking, I want to get that one back?
0: I think as a fighter and as a competitor, you're always going to want to get that one back. Um, the lad that beat me in the world final too, he's was top rank and he's at super metalweight at the minute, so that's somebody that's kind of been flickering in my brain a bit as well, but you know, if I had went into that fight and performed the best that I could and got beat, I think I'd be more disappointed because I know it just wasn't good enough. There was something missing in that fight, and believe me, lads, I've been searching to find out what it has been, and I can't put my finger on it, but there was just something missing in that fight. There was... I was taking shots, and all right, I was getting caught clean with some, but I was taking them on the gloves as well and they weren't hurting me, they weren't really affecting me. Near the end of the fight, he hit me two body shots that did hurt me. Like, But apart from that, you know, there was just something there that, there was a spark and there was something there that, that just lets go. And people were saying, oh, you show great heart in that fight and everything like that. Yeah, man, I mean, you show great heart to take some of the shots and to keep going. But to me, there was a, knowing the person that I am, to show heart would have been to come back and knock him out near the end of the fight. You know, that's the kind of uh, opinion that I have of myself, that if I had a thought that I had a great heart, I would have been able to kind of come through that bit of a phase where I was taking shots and not, not giving nothing back. There just seemed to be that spark, that little fire, that little something missing. And um, that's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to figure out now over the next week or two, to try and figure out what that has or what dampened that little fire, maybe because that fire's still there. It's just about relighting it up again, you know.
2: Mm. You're probably sitting beside a good man though. To, like you've been in that situation, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Get all off your chest, yeah. Ah, you be like,
3: it is the hardest thing to go through as a professional because you, your identity. Tied up in what you do, obviously, you know, and to be an undefeated fighter, it's just, it's, it just means something, but not, once you get past it, you realise it doesn't mean anything, you know what I mean, so, um, you you, do, you, call, you question everything, you look back and think, I wish I could go back in time, I wish I could do this again, I wish I could do that again, but you have to just live with it and learn with it, learn from it, and, and see where you can make changes, and see where you can improve, that's it, that's, yeah. the, only, that's the only way to do it and get back out there.
1: And in an ideal world, have you got a time frame in mind when you'd like to be back
0: in the ring? In an ideal world, looking at it, I would love to be back out as soon as possible. And, you know, I'm being realistic. Like, I don't want to run back into a rematch right away with Johnson, do you know what I mean? Because I know I need, whatever's just not clicking there, I need to get that clicking again. And that's what that's what I'm trying to figure out now over the next while. So, for me... The immediate thing is, I want to get in there as soon as possible again. Do you know what I mean? I want to get that ball rolling. I don't want to sit and be stuck on this thinking about, not that I'm thinking about the defeat. To be honest, look, and I says it too in the recent, I was surprised how well I took the to defeat. Because for me, I used to box to be happy. I used to think, if I'd be world champion, I'd be happy. I'll be world champion, I'll become a millionaire, I'll get this type of money, I'll be able to get a nice car, I'll be able to get a nice house, I'll be able to fill all these things to fill my happiness. Whereas I'm at a stage now that I'm very happy in my life. But I have a love for boxing. And for me, I have to. I'm in that kind of stage of transition where I'm not boxing anymore to be happy because i found a stage in my life now where I'm I'm very happy in my life and do you know what I mean? I've, over the last two or three years I've just, I don't know whether it was maturing or growing up or realising the good people that I had around me, but it's me now getting that transition for boxing equals happiness. Well, I'm happy now so I have to just get that wee bit of transition right to be where Boxing, yes, I'm happy. I love doing boxing. And now, what is boxing's purpose in my life? It's not to be happy anymore. What is boxing's purpose right now in my life? And that's what um, a lot of things are just coming to the surface with me now, like boxing, I love it. I want to be a world champion. It's a dream that I've had since I was a kid. So I need to find just and get that purpose right now over the next few weeks and get that little fire flaming again and get back in there and get the ball rolling
1: great to hear and we'll definitely chat to you before your next fight and we look forward to catching up just uh, on the Irish boxing scene before we go should mention Aoife O'Rourke had a had a great weekend first female European champion besides Katie Taylor so it's quite a remarkable achievement and Amy Canelo Broadhurst as well doing her thing over there Uh, stepped out of Kelly Arrington's shadow came up against Mira Connan who's kind of been the the one that's gotten in the way a lot for Irish boxers over the
3: years but just shows Irish uh, amateur boxers in rude health still Mm, and probably going into the Olympics, our female boxers are probably more favoured than, than the males now to to to, to medal. Yeah, boxing and rowing, that's sort her of things. Yeah, yeah. That's where the
1: medals are going to be in Tokyo. Yeah, just on Broadhurst, like, it's good that she was able to showcase her, her wares at that level because, as we said, Kelly's kind of leading the way there and it's
3: kind of blocked her roles. When it comes to the seniors now, November, I think they're set for, so... Will they both enter? What and the
1: Worlds about? are upcoming as well, no longer an automatic qualifier for the Olympics, which is
3: interesting. Yeah, they so. start this week or next week, today. The yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: I think like I think it just shows you where Irish boxing has come over the last decade and everything like that because before you could have been able to pick the senior champion. You could have been able to pick the lads that's going to be picked for the World Championships. Now... Gives the legs, like, of the likes of Kelly and Amy, like even if you had a European gold medal, like
3: you no, know, it was it was oh, unheard of. Like you know, what I mean, imagine. you were like <laughs> yeah, except were like one of the first to get yeah. to do it. Like you know, what I mean, like that's it was unheard of. You know what I mean? No. Paul just, Griffin was like yeah, yeah, held yeah. up because he won a European Championship. So, yeah. Like I don't know when that was, ninety two or something. You know, maybe ninety one or something like that. You know, before the Olympics then. So like that was an uh, unbelievable achievement. Like now it's happening regularly. So
0: yeah. No, it's it's unbelievable. The, like and the even the improvement to and go then. now into one a national title now, like mm. Jesus, you're putting yourself right up there with the best in Europe and even the world. Like and it's unbelievable because the likes of Kieran Maloy and Paddy Donovan as well in the senior final. Like and not only them but the lads too that they beat to get Walsh there. Also.
3: Like, Do you yeah, know he's making a big claim for the six nine yeah.
0: kilos? It's, it's it is unbelievable, and it's it's unbelievable to see because you know Irish boxing they've been so successful throughout the years, and to really have that and this is what so many boxers going pro as well. and They still have you know Irish boxing professional and amateur it is booming. I think boxing went through a phase where at one stage amateur boxing was booming, then professional box. I think now. The two of them come together, and both amateur and professional, booming at the middle.
1: And you're still very much leading that charge. Thanks, a million, for coming in, Jason. Thanks and very much for having me. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Phil. And thanks to everyone for tuning in. We'll be back next week.